Hello and welcome everyone. Hello, it's Thursday. You know what Thursday is, Beyond Small Talk Day. Welcome to Beyond Small Talk. My name is Jackie Janik. I'm a women's empowerment coach, helping women uncover their purpose and define their own path in the world. And today you are watching Beyond Small Talk. Real women, real conversations, elevating womankind one talk at a time. And today's topic is just so aligned with what's going on in the world and on a personal level in my life as well. Um, dealing with some feelings of being in a funk and dealing with the world of mental health. And we're going to talk with someone who her name is Glenda. Hi, I see she's on. So exciting. Exciting. Oh my God. I'm so excited to talk to her. I was in a funk this morning and then Beyond Small Talk gets me out of it. So welcome everyone. Oh my God. Hi, Olga. Miss you. Um, so Glenda, we're going to bring her on. Glenda is an author who writes for those who want to better their own mental health. Again, rising from bipolar. And I want to just start out also by saying that I am not a medical professional here. If you still health, please seek out um, medical, a professional. What we're doing is sharing our experiences. Hi, Glenda. Oh my God. Hi. This is our first time seeing each other face to face. Welcome. Welcome to Beyond Small Talk. How are you? How are you? Great. I know this is your first live on IG. Yes, it is. So I'm just like looking at the technical stuff. Um, but do I sound okay? Yeah, I can hear you. You sound great. You look great. And we're like, I'm just so happy to talk to you. I think like today and just what's going on, especially with like Simone Biles, the Olympic Olympics, Serena Williams over the past few months, Naomi, like I'm just like all these women are really stepping up and we're bringing more awareness around mental health. I've been talking about mine as well. I've been struggling over the past few years now, perimenopause, anxiety, etc. Um, so I was so excited to see you and that even the name, your name rising from bipolar. Like, girl, thank you. Thank you. Um, can you introduce yourself and share, um, start, share as much as you would like about your journey so far? Yes, before I do that, I do want to say hi to some of my peoples. Yeah, look at all them popping up. Um, yeah, I got to say hi to my peoples. The love cheerleader, hey, Lanise. Hey, Gloria, thank you. <laughs> hey, Kiana, thank Winnie. Thank you, y'all, for joining. And thank you for everyone else who I'm just meeting. I'm excited. And thank you again to you, Jackie, for this opportunity. Oh, yeah. Because your platform is so amazing, especially for a woman. And I love oh, it. thank yeah. you. Oh, the love cheerleader. I love your handle, too, the love oh, cheerleader. Yeah. Um, so side note, Jackie, this is who I was telling you about, by the way. Oh, okay, so okay, yeah. You with, yeah, that's her. She's a relationship, the heartbreak coach. And you were like, oh, yes, please connect. Yes. So, yep, that's her. <laughs> Hey, love cheerleader. We got to connect because we need some love on the Beyond Small Talk. We haven't had a love episode in a very long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lanise is amazing. She really is. So I'll definitely connect the two of you. Um, so yes, I'm Glennon Lazo. I am an author and mental wellness advocate. I am also a workshop facilitator. I started doing a workshop called Mentally Rejuvenate, where I guide participants into an experience into tapping within yourself feeling mentally well and really just looking from within because that's really what it's about it's looking from within and then taking action from there um i founded rising from bipolar and as you mentioned with my title that title was very very intentional so that's the name of my company mm -hmm. and as you may know based on the title i do have bipolar disorder 
And I see bipolar disorder as something that is very traumatic. I'm not even going to pretend it's not. But at the same time, it also saved me from myself and is actually something that's been a blessing to me. And so when I say rising from bipolar, it just means that, yes, I have bipolar disorder, but it's something that I continue to rise from. It's not something that's going to keep me down. It's not something that I feel like, oh, I am bipolar. It's just something that I have. And that's what my whole platform is about. It's about redefining different mental health aspects, redefining these common um, whether it's symptoms or conditions and looking at these conditions and symptoms as a way to actually better ourselves instead of beating ourselves up or feeling like, dang, I'm a failure. I can't mm -hmm. do have a diagnosis. I can't do anything because I'm depressed, but it's actually the complete opposite. So. Um, can you start with defining bipolar for people who are listening? Because I feel like there's a, either a stigma or like a misconception of exactly what is bipolar. Yep, and you're completely right. Both of what you said, that's exactly <laughs> a stigma, and then there's a misconception. So I feel like one of the greatest um, stereotypes I hear is like moodiness. Oh, hey, my cousin just joined. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, People talk about moodiness. They'll be like, oh, my manager is moody. She bipolar. Okay, let's, so, so let's, let's talk about where that comes from. You may be right. Maybe your, your boss who's booty may have bipolar disorder, but at the same time, it's bipolar disorder is not moodiness, right? And also on the flip side, you can be moody and not have bipolar disorder. You could just be moody because you're a human and you're going through something <laughs> and you're just moody. <laughs> yeah. Or you got your, you know, it's that time for us ladies. And yes, I get very moody. Yes. Yeah. And, and now that you mentioned that, I'm actually going through that right now. Like, I... Mm. <laughs> We're like, don't mess with her. <laughs> like, almost didn't even make it. And I'm like, brother, you have to push through. So yeah, bear with me, y'all, because I'm like dealing with that right now. But it's okay. Um, but where does the moodiness come from? So bipolar disorder is a mood disorder. So I'm going to say that one more time. It's yeah. a mood disorder. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the symptoms involve moodiness. So what do I mean by that? For example you have trouble managing your moods with bipolar disorder. But it doesn't mean that you're flipping from one mood to the next. It can possibly mean that way for some people, but it could just mean that you fall really deep into a depression really quickly and you can't climb out of it. That's part of like not managing your moods. And there are some people with bipolar disorder where they'll be, they're not jumping from happy to sad, happy to sad. It's just they drop so low really quickly and they could be in that depressed state for weeks, months, years maybe right so mm -hmm. that's not moodiness it's you you're not able to manage your mood so you drop really low or it happens really quickly like sometimes that happens to me where and i've gotten better with therapy and recognizing the, the triggers and the symptoms but i'll just drop really low really quickly and i'm sure like some of my friends even sometimes know it like Blanda, you, you okay like she was good not too long ago but like something triggered it a thought an issue and instead of just being a little bit sad now i'm like severely depressed so mm. it doesn't necessarily mean jump in from mood to mood so it's a mood disorder you have trouble managing your moods oh hey natasha from main moves thank you for joining um yeah and then also another aspect of bipolar disorder is mania so again you probably hear the term you don't know what it means mania generally speaking is a heightened elevated mood and it, lo it looks differently depending on the person and that's definitely a characteristic of bipolar disorder where you're in this elevated mood for some people it could be like a really good elevated where you're just like you, people are like what are you on right you're like it's <laughs> what like, are you taking like, yeah you know, like, i don't know what kind of drug because I, I don't do drugs so i don't know what kind of drug it would be but like people just think oh yeah she just on something 
No, it's that elevated mood and you kind of lose a little bit control because the mood takes over you, right? Mm. But that same mania can also be negative. And that's what I've experienced where I have, when I experience heightened mania, I, most of the times I go into a psychotic breakdown. And so every single time that I've had a psychotic mental breakdown, it was the manic episode that overtook me and I wasn't able to get out of it. And I have to be hospitalized in order to come out of it. So that's why when people say, oh, bipolar is moodiness, I'm just like, pause, pause, yeah. pause, pause, pause. Yeah. What I deal with with mania and psychosis and being hospitalized, it's like we can't just say, okay, it's moody, moodiness because it's not quite that. So that's why. So, how, thank you. That, I mean, you just clarified it for so many people right now. Like, hello, I, this is what it is. I think, no, you made total sense in it. Yeah. Um, so, for you, how it manifested is you said mania and then like a psychotic episode. What does that mean and what did that look like for you? Yeah, so my first psychotic episode and mental breakdown was in 2011. And no, I've never experienced anything like that before. I was having some mental health issues before that, but I was in denial, so I wasn't getting help. I wasn't doing anything about it. So and really how old made... were you, if you don't mind you sharing? Because you, you no, seem like no, that was probably... I was, you were. I was 22. Yeah, so so young, yeah. And that's around the time, though, that some people do get diagnosed. I mean, there are some people who get diagnosed really young with bipolar disorder, but mm -hmm. that is the time that starts to manifest in, like, you know, 19, 20, 20s, 25. Believe it or not, mm. um, that's, that, is, that is the time. And so I was 22, just graduated college. I, you know, it's interesting because I graduated college, and I'm thinking, like, yes, I'm starting my life, and I'm, I'm doing good things. And then, bam, what really happened is I woke up. I thought I was having a dream, but it really wasn't a dream. It was actually a visual hallucination. But the dream or nightmare, I should say, was that my current assistant manor, manager and manager, they stole my ID and they were planning to frame me for something that they did illegal in the business. And I kind of, that was the, that was the hallucination, which I didn't know was a hallucination. I thought it was a nightmare. And I kind of just woke up in a frenzy. Like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what? This can't be real. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I run to go, <clears throat> excuse me i ran to go look to see if my id was there and it wasn't but again that was some type of symptom because it was there so mm. what happened next that whole day i think it was a saturday that whole day i just lost all perception of reality i mean hallucinations both visual hallucinations auditory hallucinations paranoid thought delusional thoughts i wasn't eating intense anxiety that mania was making it was making everything just more intense <clears throat> Sorry, I think I need some water. Um, oh yeah, no worries. Guys. But my parents, my sister, they know they didn't know what was happening to me. I wasn't myself. I'm pacing up and down. I'm screaming because you don't. I used to think that they. I thought. I used to think that they knew that I was having hallucinations, but then my sister afterwards was just like, "How are we supposed to know?" And I'm like, "That's a good point." So they don't know what I'm seeing. They don't know what I'm hearing. I'm just screaming, and they're just like, "Linda." try to stay calm because they don't know what's happening and they don't see what I see. They don't hear what I hear, but I'm having all these symptoms and it's literally back to back to back to back. So it's a visual hallucination. Then I get out of that, then an auditory hallucination. The whole day I kept hearing a, a helicopter like swarming around the yeah. house and no one could calm down. And I'm also having like delusional thoughts and I want to spare you the details because they're really, really traumatic. Like it's not just things like, oh, I think I'm going to fall. It's things like, 
no, I'm about to go to prison for life because I might have murdered someone, you know, after an mm -hmm. accident. That was, that was actually a, a visual hallucination that I had. So it's really intense things. And I remember thinking in the moment, because I didn't know what was happening. I remember thinking of the moment, how is this my life? Like, I, I'm working, yeah. I just graduated college. I, I've never been in trouble before. Like what, because I thought it was real. That's the thing, when you're having a psychotic breakdown or psychosis, you just think it's real. There's nothing, you're not able to process to say, Glenn, this doesn't make sense, I can't be real. So I'm thinking everything is real. And then it got to the point where no one could do anything about it. My dad has a friend who happens to be a psychiatrist and he calls him explaining everything and he's like, you need to take her, take her to the hospital. And I wouldn't get in the car because of different paranoia, different um, delusional. So they're like, so we have to call 911. And then from there, that's when I was taken to the hospital. So that's like an, a very small like, snippet of what psychosis looks like. But pretty much you're losing perception of reality. And you're not really able to process and say, wait, Glenda, this isn't real. Or this is just a delusion or a hallucination. It must have been so incredibly scary, not to, yes. for you, of course, and your family and your loved ones, like watching this of being like, how can we help you? And oh, my God. Yeah. And then it feels like, yeah, like if you don't know, it's not real, like, but you think it's real. And it's like you go in this circle and there's like, how do you get out of that space? It's like, like your mind is so incredibly powerful. Yeah. For you to believe and think this so hardcore, right? Like, just to be in there where, like, this is my life. Like, how can it be? So you went to the hospital. They diagnosed you. And this was the first time that you were diagnosed? Correct. Correct. So I was diagnosed in the hospital. And by the way, Jackie, you really nailed it. Really, really nailed it. It was really scary. Because it was like all of this happened within one day. And so I'm having different hallucinations about different things. Oh. Some connected I'm not. I'm literally thinking like, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? Like, what? Like, like, how is this my life? I don't get it. Like, I've never been in trouble. You know, like, you're trying to wrap your mind. I'm literally like, how is this my life? And yeah, you're right. It's scary. And like I said, I don't know. It's real. So it's not like you can get me really out of it. So I'm just thinking, okay, this is now my life or I'm about to be in jail for the rest of my Like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, so my, my life Ugh. is just over. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very scary. And yes, while I was admitted to the hospital, that's when they diagnosed me with disorder. And how did that feel for you, like receiving a mental health diagnosis that, and if this is 2011, you said 2011, 2011. so, you know, yeah, 10 years ago, yeah, people's perception around being diagnosed and having an official diagnosis on, you know, your papers, <laughs> you know, just your life, right? Um, how did that feel for you? Like, how did you take that at first? Yeah, at first it was heartbreaking, especially the way they said yeah. it. And this is the challenge I have with the mental health industry. Um, there are some good parts, obviously, because it's gotten me mm -hmm. through so much amazing therapists, amazing clinicians. But the way they define and express mental health and they, the way that I was told, it was literally, hey, you have a chronic medical condition. You have bipolar disorder. This is a lifelong condition. You're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. So make sure you take your medication. And I'm just like... I have a chronic <laughs> I'm like, I have a chronic condition? I'm like, I'm literally like, uh, chronic, uh, again, this is coming from someone who's like never been sick in that way. I mean, I've never been in the hospital for anything, not even like a bad stomach ache. I mean, 
always been healthy and now you're telling me I have this chronic condition and I'm just like devastated and I'm just like I don't know even what that means and I'm just at first I'm just mm -hmm. like chronic like what does that look like and then I ended up telling I end up opening up to someone that I was also hospitalized with and like he was like Glenn if you want me asking what what did they diagnose you and I told him and I started crying and he's like he's like girl don't worry about that bipolar it's, it's not that bad. You're good. You, you're you're gonna get through it. Like the way he responds, like okay, you're right. You're right. He's like it's okay. It's okay. It's all, it's perfectly fine. And that's and you I would think, doing. yeah. And you would think that who told you this, right, would have been trained in a better way how they approached you and told you. And not that this is similar. It's similar, but not similar. My daughter has autism, and it's okay. pretty. It's significant, right? It's not like, oh, it's significant, right? And when yeah. I brought her and she got diagnosed, the same thing. Like, I had in my gut, that's the difference. I kind of had in my gut feeling. But how she told me was like, your child has autism. Bye. Oh, Bye. No. I was like, do I oh, at least no. get a pamphlet? Oh, no. <laughs> Did you give me a pamphlet? Right. Like, like, what do we get, right? So it's like, you get these in the medical world, you get these diagnoses. Then it's like, first of all, you have to like deal with the diagnosis. And then meaning just the just the knowledge of knowing this is who, like, I loved how you said when you introduced, that's not who you are, it's something that you have. So, Correct. right, I yeah. love that because it goes back and forth. All of a sudden you have this label and I feel like that's how people are going to identify you of like, hey, that's Glenda. She has bipolar. No. <laughs> yes. And no. Right. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yeah. And before I answer, I just have to say hi to some folks that joined it. I just, this yeah. Personality. Yo, hey, Lisa, my cousin Silky. Hey, y'all. Thank you, Gloria, for the comment. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lenise. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. And you know, something interesting happened to me. So after, you know, I, I overcame the shock of it, like, whoa, chronic yeah. condition. Something just hit me. Um, personally, I think it, it was a spiritual experience. It was like I was getting a download where it's like, all right, Glenda, you have this thing, but guess what? We're pushing through, all right? Let's be honest with ourselves. Like, what, what truly got you here? And I started taking responsibility. I was like, well, first of all, I've been ignoring my mental health, so I need to start taking care of it. The second thing I need to do, I need to find a way to love myself because I haven't been loving myself, which is not helping. Um, I need to find a way to be more positive because I'm full of negative thoughts. No wonder I ended up here. So I had that moment in the hospital and that's when I made a pact with myself. I was like, okay, Glenn, so from now on, you're going to start loving yourself. You're going to find a way to be mentally well. I didn't know what that was going to look like. And I think if I knew what I was going to look like, I probably wouldn't have done it. To be quite honest. <laughs> you got this within a year or two no medication you're good boom 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 and like 10 years later i'm like oh only you knew glenda so that's when that's when everything changed because i realized that this breakdown that breakdown was just an indicator of things that i need to work on right it wasn't just okay i have this chronic condition it was well why do i have it i don't really believe it's just random i don't think it's just bad luck it's i have this condition because of things i have been doing or haven't been doing and i need i need to make a change and that's where the story began that's where i literally became a different person like i am not the same person that i was at all not even like i told someone recently that it's not even a 360 change this is like a 450 450 degrees 500 degree change because bipolar really did make me a better person bipolar actually made my life better aside from the traumatic moments aside from the challenges there are times where i feel like i'm not able to get through there are times where i am pushing through there are times where depression gets the best of me 
but literally I am actually stronger mentally because of bipolar because bipolar taught me so much about the human mind bipolar taught me so much about myself bipolar was the one who made me realize hey you need to build a relationship with yourself you need to start loving yourself and once you start loving yourself and I was having this conversation with main moves Natasha we were talking about this it's all about that self-love once you start loving yourself from the inside your outer world is going to completely change once completely change so yeah it's a hundred percent for sure a hundred percent self-love just you know and I find it as a lifelong journey you know um being in this world of personal growth and development I have been here now 15 years um and I want to acknowledge that a courage it takes for you to want acknowledge okay I have this diagnosis but what am I going to do about it to make sustainable positive change in my life and not just you could have gone the other way and said screw life and just like you know so and if you knew what you knew now would you have then said oh wait this self-care self-love journey like it's not as easy as media or the you know the world oh just self-love just love yourself okay (laughs) sometimes it's it's easy or it's a fancy quote that you put up on your wall and then there's the actual practice of it and there's the actual journey of being in it and dedicating that time to you on a daily even down to an hourly basis that it it's not all just about manicures, pedicures, and, you know, these fluffy affirmations. It can be really challenging and sometimes really, like, dirty when you get down and look at yourself in the face, right? Look in your eyes and say to yourself, I love you. Like, uh, sometimes it still makes me, like, feel a little, um, I get giddy, but also I get, what? Why am I telling myself I love myself, you know? I'm like, what's going on here? Who does this things? And to believe it, not just to say yeah. it, not just so we talk about it, we we be it, but do you believe it and truly live it? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's my soapbox no. on self-love. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right about that. And I think um, people do need to realize it's a journey, but I can understand how people get frustrated because it is overwhelming. Um, it's not just a simple, okay, just love yourself. It's not just a simple, okay, get a massage and you'll be fine. It's a whole process. And I think that's what scares people. And I think that's why people don't get the help that they need because they start to think of the whole journey and they're like, no, never mind, never mind. I'll just, I'll rather just stay here and deal with the depressive states or deal with whatever because the work that it's going to take to get me to be better, I don't know if I yeah. want to do that. And I get it. I really do get that. But what people have to realize is there's a cost in that mentality. There is a really big risk that you take when you're having certain symptoms or where you're having certain emotions that you can't manage or when you're not loving yourself. You may make a conscious or unconscious decision to not work on that. But when you do that, it's going to, there's just a lot that's going to happen. It's not just, okay, I'm not going to do that. There's consequences for that. And that's what people don't realize. And that's the same thing for me the first breakdown that I had, that was a consequence of me pretending I didn't have any anxiety, any depressive mm-hmm. states for uh, probably a good seven plus years. I just pretend, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, you're fine, and you don't want to do anything about it? Great, consequence, okay, now you're having a psychotic breakdown. That's just what it is. And so people don't realize that, okay, yes, the journey may be very like, oh my gosh, it's daunting, things like that. Um, but the thing is, um, you can't... You, 
you can't focus on like what the scary journey is because the opposite of it is a lot worse a lot yeah. worse. and it's interesting it's you, you said like there was signs like your body was probably telling you things right of what was going on and a lot of time we ignore and that i always i think is our intuition it's like hey it's like scratching tapping you on the shoulder like this is this is what's going to happen are you learning are you learning are you learning and then all of a sudden you know it has to make a bigger uh a bigger voice to be heard Correct. and whether you call it god the universe or whatever you see it's spirit right but they're talking to you and they're like hey glenda <laughs> Exactly. listen up exactly. at this point right like listen listen and I think when people sometimes are apprehensive to find that support or go on this journey it's also I would imagine a bit of shame like a bit of uh going back to like mental health has this still stigma around it's like you know just what happened in the Olympics like if she had Simone had like a broken leg no one would be questioning her dedication to her team and the country and all that but because she was taken back and was more of a mental health slash what she needs to do for herself now we're all questioning her so I feel like probably all over the world but in this country um we put you know, physical health, oh my God, that's so much more. And mental health seems like you're weak or Correct. like all these other stigmas going on. And I think, and I just applaud you and just like so much uh, bow to like your Thank courage you. to talk about it, bring more and more awareness around it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so say if you, if anyone was having these kind of like feelings what would you just suggest and I'm not here to ask you for like a medical professional but like what would you what would you tell other women that you wish you knew yeah so the first step is it's completely okay it's completely okay whatever it is that you're feeling whatever you think you're feeling please don't self-diagnose yourself because you may be completely wrong but it's okay so don't it's google it don't webmd google yeah, like yeah, let's not, let's not be like, oh, I know I have bipolar, Glenda. Mm, yeah. You may not. <laughs> you may not have <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. And you're trying to do things towards helping you with bipolar, but it's not even bipolar from the beginning. It's better for you to go to a professional and have them assess. Because if you're thinking you have something that you actually don't have, so now you're going about it in the wrong way. So, so the first step mm -hmm. is just perfectly okay and valid whatever it is that you're feeling and the second step is don't be afraid to get the help that you need go to therapy go seek a professional um yes it's scary i'm not gonna sit here and say oh it's so easy just go to therapy if you've never been, been to therapy before it might be scary. but that's fine it's okay for it to be scary but go to a professional because if you don't get the help that you need when you start feeling it again there's consequences to that because what happens with mental health sometimes is the moment you start feeling it Either it's already too late or it's already, it's already been, you know, years that you just didn't notice it for years. So sometimes people feel like, oh, I just have a little bit of anxiety, Glenda, just a little bit. It's only been for two weeks. And it's like, no, you only felt it for two weeks, but it could have been happening internally, but you just didn't notice it or feel it. So when you feel the feeling, it's okay. 
and then just go ahead and find a therapist, find a professional. It could be a psychologist, a licensed clinical social worker. Um, one platform that I love sharing with people is Psychology Today is just a great resource where you can go on there and then even do like your parameters, um, whether it's like, I want a woman, I want a man, or I want a certain race, you can do that and look what's in your area. Nowadays, people are virtual anyways, and just take yeah. that first step. And the third thing I will say is it's a process. It is a process. There will be ups, there will be downs, but you can do it. You can get through it. And that when you get through it, the other side is so much better. The odds, it's so much better. I still have my moments where, you know, I'm down, but like I said, I'm literally a better person um, today. But I also just want to shout out Melody Dawn. Um, I just want to share with you, it's perfectly valid how you're feeling. Um, can you please DM either me or Jackie and see how we can support you? Um, but you are worthy. You really are, no matter what you're feeling right now. And even if you can't feel it with yourself, but we'd love to support you in any way that you can. So definitely um, send us a DM. Thank you for, I didn't see that. Thank you so much. And yeah. yes, please feel free to always DM Beyond Small Talk or Glenda. Um, one thing that a Beyond Small Talk does do is connect with the right people to help. So thank you so much. Um, so for this journey that you're on, and I appreciate you saying that because I had my first bout of anxiety in 2018, and I'm sure I felt okay. it the same way. Time, 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 all of a sudden, one night I thought I was having a heart attack. I was 42 years old, and I was like, am I going to be that woman at 42 that gets a heart attack? Like, this is what was going through my head. Next morning, went to the hospital, ER, et cetera, et cetera. And they're like, um, you had an, uh, an attack. And I was like, what? And I knew it all, like, it was, so now, you know, years later, I'm still um, there. Uh, I know um, taking uh, drugs that are, you know, prescriptions are great. What, besides prescription, you mentioned therapy, that you do that as well. Is there any other self-care practices that you do for yourself? Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to self-care, the first step is really tapping within and identifying what's missing for you or what are you craving, right? Because I can, I can give a whole list of self-care that works for me, but it may not work for someone else. So you need to either trial and error, try different things and see how you feel while you're doing the self-care practice or tap within and really think like, okay, what do I think I need? And so some things that I like doing, I love reading. I really love reading a lot of self-help books, but that could be overwhelming for some people. But for me, I just love it because I love learning and I love being inspired and empowered through these self-help books. Um, I love Netflix and Hulu, okay? Like, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Oh, TV is bad. I don't care. This, like, I'm telling you, there's a sense of just calm when I'm, like, laying in my bed, laying on the yeah. couch watching hulu and i i absolutely love it but i am careful what kind of shows i watch though um, what kind of content down, yeah. i try to mm -hmm. avoid watching exactly the content, like too gory i'm not watching you know yeah. how to get away with murder i used to but like stuff like that i you know i try to watch like comedy shows and sometimes i watch a show that has a little bit of you know like jane diversion is a show that i'm watching over again like mm -hmm. i think that's a good balance but a little bit some, some goriness um or like yeah. this is us there's a little bit of like yeah. you know emotional drama but it's not too intense where every episode three people are getting murdered <laughs> or something yeah yeah netflix and hulu um walks are so so big for me 
and I love connecting with nature, not in a intense way, because I know there are some people who are like, yeah, I climb walls. I'm not on that level, but <laughs> like going through a <laughs> I take a walk. A That's me in nature, right? Yeah, walking. Yeah, exactly. That's me. I'm like, let me go for a walk. Let me like pay attention to the trees. Let me look at the grass. Let me look how the birds are interacting with the trees. Let me like be near water up here. Like things like that is very like soothing for me. Um, Let's see it's like else. about being present. Like when you're talking uh, about like a walk in nature, it's just being about present. You know, like I did that this morning. I sat down for 20 minutes. I put the phone down. Yeah, I was on it. And then I put it down and I was just being like just feeling the breeze, paying attention to in New I'm in New York, the pigeons and, you know, people running and things like that. And it's just feeling the present really presence um it's really helpful and i just want to shout out olga said about when you find a professional if uh if it doesn't work out with the first one find someone else so that's another thing that i think sometimes yeah you find you pick somebody and there's just not a rapport or you don't feel like it's a good fit doesn't mean that the therapy is not right for you it just means that that person wasn't right for you and there's no harm or foul to switch so keep finding them. Go till you find the right one because you'll see the benefits once you do. And that's for all doctors. Let me say, I've been on three gynecologists because yeah. not one of them is meeting my needs. And I'm not done finding one yet. So if anyone wants to shout one out for someone in perimenopause like me, um, it's a really valid point that keep finding, keep searching until you find the one that fits you and your needs. And they might change over years too. Like I don't know how many therapists you have, but my daughter with autism, we've had at least, at this point it's been six years, at least six because they move too so it's all okay so thank you for that one olga yeah great well this conversation that's how yeah sorry sorry, (laughs) um no but that's such a good point because i've heard people talk about that how they are frustrated oh i've tried therapy for glenn it just doesn't work for me and i'm just like pause 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 with that because what people don't realize there are different forms of therapy it's not just the the typical talk therapy that everyone thinks about there's cognitive behavioral therapy there's art therapy i mean there's so many different types there's so many so many different types of therapists i mean i could go on and on about that so i definitely encourage anyone who did try it out first of all courage for trying it out but try it again right try like you said a new therapist a new type of therapy because it's it you can't go based on you know oh i had two three sessions with one therapist i'm like this ain't for me yeah exactly well that do you want to leave us with where we can find you please share yes 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 i want i want to shout out my cousin tan that joined thank you for joining um yes so y'all can find me on Instagram, Rising from Bipolar. That's R-I-S-I-N-G from Bipolar. Also, risingfrombipolar.com. You can email me, risingfrombipolar at gmail.com. See, it's so easy to remember. Literally, you can purchase my book or check out my book, Letters to My Bipolar Self. It's available on Amazon. You could just type it in, Letters to My Bipolar Self. And pretty much my book is a series of 50 letters that I wrote to myself. And they're loving letters and also healing letters. So it either A, can empower you as you're reading the letters. And you can learn from my raw experiences that I mentioned in this book. Also, it can inspire you to write your own letters to yourself. Because writing letters to yourself is another aspect of like, whether it's self-care or self-development or like self-discovery. And it's been very, very healing for me. 
and I do workshops based on that too. And a lot of participants love that aspect. So yeah, that's that's me. And thank you so much for everyone who joined, those who I know, those who I'm just now meeting. Stay in touch. And thank you again, Jackie. This was great. I'm so glad to be on your platform. Oh, thank you. You did amazing. Thank you for sharing so vulnerably. Um, I love the book. I will include that in the podcast notes because I do the exercise with myself, dear Jackie. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, and sometimes like, oh, I love you. And sometimes I'm like, screw you, Jackie, today. Like, what are you like? It's, it's okay to get all that out. It's just such a therapeutic exercise. So thank you for sharing. Get the book, everybody. Um, follow Glenda, Rising from Bipolar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your courage, vulnerability. I just love you. Like, this was just so great. Much love to you, girl. Thanks for so nice meeting you. And and I'm sure we're going to see more IG lives. This is not your last one. This is You will be doing more. So go follow her and we're going to get more of her. So catch us every Thursday at four o'clock. And you can listen to this again on Apple, Spotify, Audible, and YouTube. Thank you so much, Glenda. Bye, everyone. Yeah, thank you all. Comments. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.